the dream. Come on, come on, trade with the dream. To everybody now. Five in the morning, I wake up to five for my yardage. Yeah, in my mind is a warning. Praying to the one you're alive. I've been wondering all this. Try to be fine, but I can't be. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Said What I Said podcast with your host, Jamie. And it's your girl, Reese. So as you know, episode one was last week. Hopefully we're going to be consistent and every Wednesday a new episode will be able to be released. So yeah, let's just hope for that. So this episode, episode two, if you are still with us, thank you very much. Thank you for the follows, the likes, and the listens. Um, and the shares. You can't forget the shares. Yes. So this episode is called Control is Yours. We are basically just going to talk about life, life lessons, and really and truly, what did we learn the hard way? We tend to forget that we do have control over our decisions when things happen we have a tendency of blaming it on other things when in reality we're the ones who drive everything so yeah Reese that is my question to you what life lesson or lessons did you learn the hard way I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little bit of shade behind that emphasis on the lessons, but you know, it's okay. You don't have more than one lesson that you learn the hard way? I do. <laughs> yeah, but I just felt like that was shady, man. Nah. Hmm, okay. So, I'm not gonna lie, I had a couple of good life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I would say current lesson that I've learned is that... Because I've learned not to, like, handle issues head on, but I just beat around the bush until I can't get, until I get tired, I've become toxic. Like, that's my toxic trait. I wait until I reach my breaking point to, like, you know, react. Which I realize is pretty bad now. Forgive me. We're gonna change. But (laughs) we're gonna try to change. But aside from that, I can also say, like, I have learned things in the aspect of the people that I surround myself with. And when I say that, okay. I mean, like, you know, you got somebody, well, you got some people there who have your best interests at heart. And then sometimes you surround yourself with these people that you think are good for you. But then in reality, they're not. They can end up being people who talk about you behind your back they can be people who have ulterior motives regarding the friendship whether it's just trying to use you or get closer to someone that you're connected with sense so i've learned to like watch my surroundings in terms of the way i'm treated and the way i wouldn't just say the way i'm treated but the way i treat others because that's the world and that's how i would be remembered as a person yeah definitely i feel like i don't know um what was my lesson number one lesson for me we don't do abaco guys (laughs) no (laughs) not my number one lesson it should have been but it's okay 
gosh. My number one lesson actually was learning when to take a break. Like, listening to my body when it's telling me I need to stop and not trying to push and push and push and push and then I get to a point where I crash. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I totally understand. Realizing that it's okay to pause for a minute. It's okay to take a break. Um, but also remembering that when you take this break, not to let it just be a long break. You know, a day or two is fine, but don't get comfortable in the break. But um, I don't know. I feel like that's definitely like my number one lesson, especially like going from high school to college, never really having anything in between. I was like a pause. It was just so consistent. And I feel like now I'm burnt out. Like, I'm just like, oh, gosh, I'm tired. This is trying to be on the list of 20 under 20, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And then I think it's also, like, dynamics of how we grow up. You know, like, people telling you, oh, well, you should be able to do this and you have to do this and try to accomplish this. So you end up with this all or nothing attitude instead of realizing that you know it's okay to say i'm just gonna step back for a sec and then i'll start again so yeah i would like to touch on that last part you said where when you said that people kind of say you should do this you should do this and then like your whole life is planned out Mm -hmm. i can honestly say that i've experienced that like I'm going to say that's why we're best friends because we just not relatable. But yeah, it's so that for me, when I was younger, like, you know, like when you're in primary school, people always ask you what you want to be when you grow up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, like, I was just trying to be a kid. And I can literally remember this to this day. I was just mm-hmm. trying to be a kid. I was not thinking 12, 20 years into the future of what I want to do as a profession. All I see is when I was graduating, I got the question, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? First thing I said was, I want to be a track athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And then my teacher literally said, pick a realistic profession. And mm. I, the second she said that, my brain went blank. Like, I was like, bro, that's like all I used to commit myself to. Like, my brain can't say nothing else. So after that, I looked at the list of what everybody else said. And I was like, just put doctor on the paper. And the day of graduation, when graduation was over, first thing my dad said was, I see you put a doctor on that paper, you better go study hard. I was like, bro, what? I was like, I don't even know what I would do with my life when y'all talking about doctor. I was like, <laughs> bro, I was kind of confused because it was just like, I gave up answer that people wanted to hear, not necessarily the answer that I wanted to give. And ironically, yeah. it played out to me becoming a doctor but I decided that on my own terms yeah but I feel like also a lot of older adults like outside of being a doctor or a nurse a teacher lawyer or something it's like everything else they don't really see as a real profession and it's sad because everyone is not gonna be able to be a doctor everyone is not gonna be able to be a lawyer or a pharmacist or a teacher 
Like, that's impossible for everyone in this world to be in such a profession. You know what I mean? So it's like, and even to be in professions, that have to be the thing that you're passionate about. You're never going to love and be so consistent and grow in professions that you do not like. That is impossible. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like the encouragement when it comes to other things, you know, it's just, it's not there at all. But I understand, though. Yeah. I still would have put track at me. Girl, I was like, that was my answer at the time. I'm pretty sure if I stayed committed to track, I would have been further on than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, yesterday, my brother asked me to race him. And I gave him a head start on, I don't know what it was, but, like, everything I learned in track just come pop from, like, when I was in my dry face to when I was picking up my knees, I was like, this is just giving me flashbacks and memories. And I was like, how <laughs> only if it could have been great there. Yep, but you let it go. Uh, too much sports, <laughs> not enough time. But that's, that's one true. of the things. I think that was another reason why I spread myself too thin because I always wanted to be a part of everything. So, like, I would be remembered and then yeah. as I went into high school, I started to do the same thing. And then when it came to the finish line, I remember this. The girl who played one sport got the award for the person who was supposed to play the most sports. And I was like, ain't no way. I put myself in all these sports just not to get what I wanted. And I was like, yep, that's a wrap. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm picking me now. We're going to do what Reese wants to do. Yeah, I definitely understand the spreading spreading yourself thin part of it, though. Yeah, I think we all do that, especially when we have goals and it's more than one goal, and we forget that we don't really need to accomplish everything at one time. You know what I mean? Like, just take your time, go step by step. It's okay, but I don't know. Hopefully, throughout this adulting process, I will learn to take my time. You know, I just spent <laughs> a whole summer of working, so we'll see how that goes. I'm 22. I don't expect to know it all. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't like not having money, so that's another thing. Well, that's true. I don't know. I feel like what I also realized, like our generation, right? It's like, we want it all, and we're only 21, 22. And you want to know why we feel that way? Because that pressure has been put on us from so young to say, right, try for it. Because your parents are always talking about how they struggle and how they want the best for you. And right. how they don't want you to grow up the way they grew up, and they don't want mm-hmm. to see the good game struggles. So it's like, bro, you're the story to go through the same struggle. It's the stories, oh, when I was 18 and when I was this. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Bro, they used to be talking about when they're 16 and they buy a house. I was like, when you 16, bro, when I was 16, I was guessing grade 11. The hell? Right. So it's like, I don't know. But also, though, when I think it also falls on us because I don't know if, like, you ever did it, but I remember being in school and 
sitting down with friends and we're talking about what age we would be like, oh, we're going to be married and we're going to buy a house. Like, we're going to be... And I'm like, when I think about it now, the fact that I said I I wanted to be married by the age of 25, 26, or at least engaged by then, people don't even exist at this moment. That change. It's like, you start to realize like life is just going by. And all of these different ages and like segments of your life that you said that you were going to accomplish by this age, like it's just not outside of college, nothing is happening. It's true. <laughs> and it's like when you go to college and you graduate, it's like you're still struggling to get where you want to be. Right. Because you feel like, okay, well, there's, there's another step that I could take to become better. Yeah. You're always looking forward of what makes you better at every moment. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. It's returning back home after college. Bro, that's a flop. Like, you're not, never going to make your profession unless, like, you start up from scratch. Right. But, I don't know. Hopefully, it's things that we grow out of. Like, I agree with always looking forward to how to make yourself better because I don't feel like we should ever become comfortable. True. But, at the same time, I feel like sometimes we just need to enjoy the moment that we're in you know what i mean like when you accomplish something absorb it enjoy it like don't just rush to start something else because you're constantly trying to make yourself better it's like you're not just celebrating who you are in this moment you know what i mean so yeah but girl we're both in our 20s we're gonna live it up until we get married like i mean i'm gonna live it up after too i don't know if i'll ever get married but you know, I'm speaking it over me. Hopefully, yeah, you can do that. That's <laughs> that changes in like a couple years. Lol. But you brought up um, friendships, like learning with dealing with people. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um. That's probably yeah. That's probably like another thing. Um, coping with toxic people was definitely another lesson and it don't even have to be friends but it's just be family sometimes like it definitely don't have to be friends it's just whoever's in your surroundings preach like parents for the crowd in the box (laughs) parents siblings cousins aunts uncles like whoever like you just just have to like it's kind of like that toxic relationship you have with your car. Anytime you get a paycheck, that car wants to make some noise. The minute that thing <laughs> is spent, silence, and then it happens again. That's what right. But I definitely learned that I had to set boundaries with people. Like not because they're my family or like they're my friends means that they need to have complete access to me you know what i mean like i'm still allowed to set a boundary um i'm still allowed to keep them to a limit with how much they have an access to me and not just being so open because they don't like boundaries most toxic people don't like boundaries anyway which is true right so the things that i can control I'm setting my limits. (laughs) I'm setting my limits. So, like, keeping the interactions, brief conversations, short. 
you know, so it was like, nah. I agree, because that is, like, me, since I'm, I'm gonna say, leaving, preparing to leave. Uh-huh. I just took time to see my godparents and family for the first time yesterday, and half of them didn't know I was here, or they thought I was already gone. And um, when I went by my body yesterday, she was like, um, what she said? She saw me in shorts. I wasn't like, no, home poem cookie cutter shorts. They were like regular shorts. And this woman came and she was like, why are your pants so short? I was like, it's regular shorts. She was like, no, your pants need to be down here. And when she said down here, she was pointing to my knee. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, chill off me, fam. Like, I'm 20. Right? So then she come with, how old are you? I say, I'm 20. She said, that don't mean nothing. When I was on that side, laugh. And I was like, if this woman think I'm taking her serious, she lied. Um, oh, I was like, oh, you're doing too much there. And then for me, it was, I made the remark that, what I said? I said that I stayed myself over there, like, the same click I had from January is the same click I had now. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, like, two people drop like flies. That's okay. But after that, she was like, yeah, but I don't call my phone. And, and I was like, I barely call you. She was like, you're right, because I have to call you. I said, I have a life too. And I was like, bro, y'all people forget, like, I'm in college. I got to be doing essays. I got to be getting things done in time. Not to mention, I wasn't even working then. So it's like, I was strictly dedicated to school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you really thinking I'm supposed to talk to you every day when I have my own life to live? Chapello. But y'all I went through that. what Chapello is? That means never see it. <laughs> I went through that my first year. That was probably the worst because, and everyone's just being their feelings that you don't answer them on time. What it is like, bro. I, I actually have a life, you know. Like, I'm if actually. You did not call my phone, I would not talk. Cause I even if you call my phone, I'm not answering. If I can't answer, I'm not answering. Like, what? I'm supposed to put my work down to have a conversation? No, like, you don't do that for me, so why I gotta do that for you? Every time I looked at my phone, I saw something say missed call, and I used to be like, oh, look. <laughs> so, but I understand that though. But then that comes to my second point, and what I was thinking about, like, picking your battles wisely, like, acknowledging some things and not everything. Because sometimes I just wonder if when people say and do things, if they intentionally say it for you to acknowledge them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people intentionally do it to me because they know I overthink. Yeah, like... Don't let me read a message the wrong way. I read it open my eye and say, who are you talking to? Like, a lot of people, they... I don't, I don't want to use the word get off, but it's like... They do. They enjoy arguing. They enjoy going back and forth. They literally enjoy a negative atmosphere. Atmosphere, And it's like, it's so unnecessary to the point where it becomes disturbing. Because when are you going to be happy? When are you just not going to be miserable? It's just some of those people are people who become happy based upon the negative experience of somebody else. Right. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know if they're going through their own issues 
or what it is, but I personally feel it. So that's like a horrible way to think. I mean, some people, some people do be don't let it be those people who like, you know, like I must say it was a trend, but that's how I realized it was growing up. People literally used to get off at making jokes about about depression, and it was whereas they. I saw it on Facebook a couple of times where people would be making posts talking about y'all remember when we was younger we always used to be fighting our demons and like anytime you used to talk to a person like when you was say 13 or 14 you could recall the conversation with somebody and you ask him what they doing and they say and then I just fight my demons or they would make a joke about it and then like they would just sort of have a conversation based upon depression but they would never like say bro like or listen to the fact of how they can get better and stop thinking that way. And it was just like, y'all really used to get off by like talking about how depressed you are, but you don't want to seek help. Yeah, I don't feel like any of us, but see, that's the thing like being 13, 14 years old, you're not, your first thought is never going to be seeking help because we don't live in an environment or a country that takes mental health seriously. But just. Like, Parents barely take it seriously. They say you go pray. Like so it's like it's not it's not even about like just saying like oh like joking about it. It's just it's become a lot of people's coping mechanism. You know what I mean? Like some people they if they don't laugh, they'll cry. And that's okay, because that's how I am. If I don't laugh, I'll cry. Don't let me see the most saddest things I will laugh at. Like, One thing about me, if something bad happens, you will never see me cry unless it really gets to me. But like on regular day, I'd shrug that off and be like, "Hey, Gucci, I cool." But I promise you, I know people just be scared when they see that because it's like in a way to scallop gay, bro. <laughs> and I had a friend who looked at me before, and something bad happened, and it was around me when it happened. And then all of a sudden, they just start taking a list, like, hey, this gal is not okay. And they could not stop laughing. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I can't stop. It's just funny. Child, mm-mm. Listen, I rather laugh than cry. I'm sorry. It just got out of him. Is I Cause like I feel like people realize people who most people who actually been diagnosed with depression, they don't ever really you don't get over it. You just learn to cope with it, pretty much. So it's like regardless of getting help, and not every the trick about it is that I've realized you have to be mindful of psychologists and psychiatrists that you go through because some of them tend to be very. They give off a vibe that's not genuine. You know what I mean? Like, you have a lot of them, especially in the States, where they would hook you onto medications quicker than anything else. And it's really sad over actually communicating. Like, you have some of them where they've literally gotten their licenses taken away due to the fact of instead of them listening to what the patient says, because the patient might not be able to explain fully, they try to create the narrative for you. They try to give you a quick fix. 
Just so that you can come back asking for more. No, not a quick fix. Like, okay, say if a, a young child goes in there, right? Yeah. And she talks about her home life. Now, she's not describing it fully, but she's describing it to an extent where we can kind of get uh, just like a synopsis of it can be maybe verbally or emotionally abusing. Um, we don't really know if it's physically abusing, but verbally and emotionally it is. So you would find that some therapists, instead of helping, they tend to to dwell on the negative thoughts that you've had. So you have a lot of kids, like where you feel like stories or they killed their parents or da da da. It's shocking if you ever realize that they they literally went to therapy. And That's like, oh my gosh, what the brother's name? They, the, I think they were, were they the Gomez? They're either the Gomez or the Mendez siblings. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what, what was their last name, but it was a documentary about it. And it was always saying how these boys killed their parents. And mm-hmm. years later, the people discovered that their parents were abusive. And I think mm-hmm. that they sexually assaulted them. I think that's what it was. And they had enough. So it was like, I always looked at it as these little kids having no sense of innocence, being forced to grow up just to have to do something that they never wish they had to do. And nobody ever understood it until, I wouldn't say society evolved, but until somebody actually understood why they did what they did. Right. And that's kind of, I mean, I don't feel like, I feel like the stigma around mental health will change, but I don't feel like it'll completely go away. You know? Especially Um, in the black community. Right. Because genuinely, we, as black people, we've been taught that we can't be weak. We can't cry. We can't show that we're having a bad day. It's like the you have to come off as the strongest and perfect person. It's like we have so much battles within our own. I wouldn't say how would it, how can I put this? It's like we have so much battles with our own people. To the point mm-hmm. that they would never truly say, I feel whole with my own people. We just true. literally have people being jealous over the fact that their friends are doing better. And it's not necessarily that some of their friends are doing better than them, but it's simply that they have no other way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. That's true, though. Yeah, it is. We we're not supportive of each other as a community, which is a factor. Not at all. I feel like I don't know why people do it, but I feel like within our community on a whole, like there's always a sense of fake love. You literally have family members having rivalries with each other for what? Yeah, because we're we're taught a competitive mindset, like, and it's not even. That's why I said it comes. 
it all trails after one another. Like, as Black people, we're not supposed to come off as weak. We're not supposed to be vulnerable. We're not supposed to have a bad day, be down, nothing. It's like we're supposed to always be on our A game, top of it. That's the only way we can continue to go anywhere in life. But it flows over into our community because just the fact of us wanting to say, for example, you as a black female and you decide to take on a job at a company that's predominantly white, you can't walk in there as a weak person. You can't walk in there as a person who they can talk to any type of way. You can't walk in there as the weakest link, nothing. You literally have to constantly be on top of your game. But it would start to show in your personality towards other people, including the people in your community, because now you're constantly going to have this competitive mindset. You're constantly going to be like, oh, my God, I have to do this. I have to be number one. I have to be number one. Like, I have to be strong. I can't do this, but I have to do this. And it's normal and it's okay. But at the same time, it's not okay because we're this way because we're not allowed to really and truly just be a human. You know what I mean? Like sometimes let's be wondering if being being black means we have to be the superhero or something. Like we have powers. Cause it just don't make no sense. Why do I have to be strong twenty four hours out of a day? That's the thing you're not supposed to be. Right. So it's just it's like- I don't know. It- one carry on, huh? I said even the Titanic sank at one point. <laughs> we all sink, but it's just I feel like what people need to realize is crying doesn't make you weak. It shows that you have some strength, which is true. But crying all the time shows that you want to stay in the position that you're in. Right. So, I don't know. I feel like we just have to get to a point where we have to learn our emotions. Not being afraid of our emotions. Like, if you can cry and then pick yourself back up afterwards, you're good. If you're a person that you have to cry every day for 10 minutes and then you just go out the door, great for you. But it's okay. Like, I just feel like we just have a fear that crying means that we're weak. I just think it really doesn't. Well, I just think that everybody has to find like their sense of balance and inner peace. Because yeah. with that, you would be able to make so much better decisions for yourself. And not just decisions, but you would be able to say like, hey, I'm not, I'm not being I don't know if I can curse, but you would be able to say, hey, I'm not B. Yeah, this happened, but I know I got this. And mm-hmm. if you don't think that way, then it'll be like everything bad that happens to you or everything that doesn't go your way will always knock you down. And you would always be back at square one where it's like, bro, tanks and it's hanks. My life ain't going my way. After life, I hate my life. Like, what the hell? Like, you just got to be able to say, I could take this. I could hate on this for a second. And then I can move on. Yeah. But that's why 
like for me, I'm really big on affirmations, like telling myself who I will become, who I am. Because honestly, when we say like growing up, like for me, I always used to hear, okay, the power is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have a tendency of telling ourselves the negative things that will break us instead of just talking to yourself and motivating yourself. You know what I mean? Like, our life is literally in our control. Every decision you make is up to you. So you can't make five bad decisions and you still expect a positive outcome. That's not how it's going to work. You can't blame everyone else but yourself. Like, you made those decisions for yourself. So it's like, I don't know, like, I just feel like sometimes we just need to talk to ourselves. Like, it's okay to just say, I've got this. I'm on the right track. I might not be where I want to be, but I'm in a good place. You know what I mean? Like, telling yourself that you're strong, manifesting the things that you want in life. Just giving yourself the confidence and not relying on other people to tell you, hey, you're going to make it. Hey, you're really smart. That don't help you. You do not need clarification or justification from another person. And not because a person is telling you, oh, my God, I'm proud of you. Or, oh, my God, you're doing amazing. Or, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Or, oh, my God, you're smart. You're intelligent. That does not mean that they say it or they mouth, that that's what they feel in their heart. And so speaking to yourself. Guys, she said a lot just now. But I want, you, I want to add on to that. You guys never need to seek validation from anybody. Not a dollar, not a dime. The only person you need validation from is yourself. A positive way of thinking can always lead to a positive outcome. Like, that's all Mm -hmm. I have to say. Mm -hmm. We have to hold ourselves accountable at some point. And I feel like that's probably the one of the things we fail as. As humans, we hate holding ourselves accountable it doesn't make us less of a person at all. It shows that you are going to improve. It shows that, hey, I'm going to become better. Acknowledging where you're going wrong in life helps you. It's not going to bring you down. And I don't know why we feel like it will, but I don't know. I just feel like we need to start doing things that will bring us peace, you know, and not animosity and frustration well the first step to bringing myself peace is i will tell myself i am love i am brave and i am special for those who don't agree i do not care (laughs) it's for me and only me and that's the same way you guys should be thinking as well Mm -hmm. but okay Um, my la. Do you have any more lessons that you've learned? Aside from that, I would say I learned the lesson of putting myself first and choosing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mostly it. 
because I was always the type of person to put others before myself. Like, that was just the type of person I am and I'm trying not to be. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I've come to realize that even though you're putting others first, like, you still have to make space and room for yourself. Because mm-hmm. while you're checking for that person, there's no guarantee that person is checking for you. So. That is very true. Yeah. But I think my, this is my top three. So my last one would be, um, people will always talk. Which is true. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like we focus on what people idea is of us or how they look at us. Not realizing that that's probably the least thing that matters in this entire world. That was my biggest problem when I was younger. Like, I was always looking to be this person who was known. I felt as though if I was known, people wasn't going to bully me. People were going to hop off my back. I could always say, no, these people, and, like, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it came out to be. Because at some point, you get tired of even being known. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like we just have to remind ourselves that not because you're the topic of a conversation means that you should feel a type of way. You know what I mean? Like, if they ain't talking, you ain't doing something right. That's how I look at it. You're always up haters, period. If they're not talking, you're not doing something right. But... There's a so I have this book and it has like quotes on it or whatever. And there's a quote by I can't remember her first name, but her last name is um Roosevelt. I think it's Eleanor. Yeah, but anyway, but it says great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. Always keep that in mind. Great minds discuss ideas, and small minds discuss people. Miss Roosevelt, I am taking that, and I'm sticking that in my head. I'm keeping that. Like, listen to me. If you know there's that person has nothing that they're going to discuss about their life, they don't talk about nothing else. Nothing else. But just people, 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 they rather watch what a person is doing than doing something for themselves. Very small minded. Which is true. But very small-minded. You have some of those people who just like, I don't know what it is, but they just be talking, but they're saying a whole lot of nothing. I hate them. I don't have no hate <laughs> in my heart, but I hate them. Like, sometimes you just need to learn to shut up. Yeah, everyone don't shut up. Bye. Everyone don't shut up. They just don't shut up, bro. They really don't. But, yeah, but, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, anyway. <laughs> With that being said... We would like to leave on the note of we are only sweating.
positivity and inclusiveness on this platform. Mm-hmm. Do not encourage bullying. We do not encourage any negative comments whatsoever. If you have something bad to say, keep it to yourself. We don't care. My mama said if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it at all. Okay, then. And just like I said before, don't be one of those people who be saying a whole lot of nothing. Because we won't say it in return. And if you realize that you talk about other people too much, but you won't get nothing going on with yourself, focus on yourself. Okay, then. Okay? So, this is I Said What I Said. Thank you guys for listening to episode two. Remember, the control is yours. yours. Okay, so this is your host, Jamie. And I'm your girl, Reese. And we'll see you guys in episode three. Bye.